Good morning, church. I have a short monologue about David. Um, I is going to be teaching today, and it's surrounding love. And I pray as you listen, you'll be blessed. I am David, the youngest son of Jesse, an Israelite, a livestock farmer from the tribe of Judea. I've had a conquered past. Some have called me a mercenary, and some tremble as soon as they hear my name. A shepherd boy turned king. A man destined for greatness. But behind the legacy, the triumph, the praise, there lies a tale of strength, faith, courage, and a constant battle within. But my spirit is filled with a deep longing to seek God and know him more intimately. I am far from perfect, as all mortals are, walking the intricate parts between sin and virtue. I am a man of many faces, a fearless warrior, Impulsive and compassionate lover. But my heart betrayed me and led me to a forbidden love that led me astray. Bathsheba. That led to my downfall. Let's, let's not say more about that. But I know God loves me. Alive, my oldest brother thinks otherwise. <laughs> he thinks that I am full of pride and deceptive, but I know God loves me. Because God always looked at my heart. I always obeyed him. And spent time lingering in his presence. He rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear. He anointed me a king. And I know he loves me. Oh yes, yes, I know God loves me. For I am the very reflection of the essence of his love. A shepherd boy that tends to his flock. And as I tend to my flock, he watched over me with a tender, loving care. 
guided me through the winding paths of life. In the quiet moment as I tended the sheep, he stood by me, unseen but yet ever present, cherishing the melodies of my heart as I sing songs of praises to him. It, it wasn't in my moment of triumph that he cherished. In my moments of brokenness and repentance, his heart ached with compassion for me. When I faltered and go astray from him, he never turned his back on me. Instead, he embraced me. He embraced me in, his, in my brokenness, holding me close to his heart, just like a parent would hold his wounded child and comfort them. He comforted me. He held me close. My closest friend, God, found me to be a man after his own heart. I'm glad, church, that you applauded because I was actually going to say, please, can we applaud Afan for that great rendition? But you're ahead of it. Wow. If you're like this now, what are you going to be like at the end? You're going to be like superseding what I've got to say. Um, good morning. A warm welcome. If it's your very first time, um, I'm really pleased. Oh, well, I am super glad that you are here this morning. Super glad. Woo! <laughs> um, so, uh, for those of you that don't know me, Oh, <laughs> it's good to see you this morning. Enjoy your seat and uh, maybe we can talk after. <laughs> um, so for those of you that don't know me, uh, my name is Ima Lomax and I've, I've been at this church for 20 years uh, and I've been in various ministries, various teams um, and it's super lovely to see like some other leadership that I've moved on this morning. Aww. <laughs> I'm glad you came to see me. Thank you very much. Um, so, uh, yes, yeah, so I've been at various teams. At the minute, I am part of the worship team. Yeah, big up the worship team. Uh, and I'm also part of the Sevens to Nines team. Uh, and just an aside, you know what? If you're not a part of a team, somebody is missing out on connecting with you. So all the gifts and the kind of person you are, someone's missing out if you're not part of a team. Right, so our theme this morning is Love God. You know, if, if love is our driving force, we can end up in a better place and achieve a lot more. Have you ever been in that position that you've fallen out of connection with someone or an organisation or you've fallen out of love with someone? Uh, or you've done something that was misconstrued or you've upset someone or they've upset you and you're fuming and you're telling everybody. Um, <laughs> and so when you next see them, you're not rushing to be in their presence, but actually you're like intrepidly going, I can't wait till this is over. Has anyone experienced all of those? No. Oh my goodness. I should be at the other church then. Um, so in our monologue, uh, Afam, which Afam read and wrote so well, um, David is bringing that tension between what he's done, who he's been, what he longs for. Um, he's not just ignoring 
all his stuff, but he's intentionally chasing after God. Um, and, you know, kind of from David's life uh, came like beautiful psalms, like happy ones and sad ones that we turn to. Um, and also from David's life came forth Solomon. Um, and if you think of how Solomon's start, it's not what we would all say is the best start, but actually our God, he can do immeasurably more than we could ask or think. You know, Solomon was one of the wisest kings and Israel did really well under his wisdom. David was anointed as king and uh, he had a bit of a journey between being anointed and being in the position, but he trusted God. And part of, I think, why he led well is because he wanted what God wanted. You might be listening to this today in the house or online and you're like, oh no, not another one of those preachers, pretty people talking about pretty lives. Um, but I really want to address that this morning and just say, um, you know, David didn't have a clean record sheet and he actually did some really immoral, unethical things, but he's still described as a man after God's own heart. You know, uh, John Andrews spoke a few weeks ago and he talked about God not always liking our attitude, but loving us as kids. So this morning, you are loved. If you are in the sound of my voice, you are loved. And I'm telling you this morning, you are loved by an awesome God. Yeah, let's praise the Lord. Let's have a praise break. No, sorry, different meeting. Let's not have a praise break. So what if loving God is actually wanting what he wants? What is love? (laughs) Uh, So, what is love? Scholars, teenagers, three-year-olds who have mastered speech and are being told that they can't have something, um, and philosophers have all discussed what is love. So for us today, we're starting this series called Love God, and it's strategically been placed after our series that, Cookie, thank you for finishing it last week, which was called Poured Out. I felt that actually there's no more fitting scripture to start this series off than uh, John 3.16. So, uh, in the NIV, uh, if you know it, recite it with me in the NIV, and it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Oh, and then... For my King James readers, let's recite it in the King James. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Ah, beautiful life-giving words in both translations. So we're just going to listen to this. I want you to listen to this passage of scripture from 1 John 4, 16 to 19, which extends that theme. This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So God's love for us is what caused Jesus, part of the Trinity, to pour out his life. What is love? I didn't think I was going to sing it, but you just look smiley, so it's all right. Um, Many songs, like in our culture, many songs have been written about this theme. And it's estimated that 67% of all songs since the 60s, who, who was like in their early 20s and the 60s? Any hands? Is it just you? Just you two? Oh, oh, oh yeah, there's a few. So I have heard stories about the 60s. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, so culture defines it like that, lots of our love songs and the themes in that. But how is love defined in the scriptures? Well, in John 3.16, in that passage, it's the word agapeo, uh, which means to love in a social or moral sense, to be loved, to love. I was once upstairs in Bridge Coffee, um, and uh, someone came in with their teenage granddaughter, and I hadn't seen him for ages, and he was like, oh, nice to see you. Um, and uh, so he introduced his granddaughter, and he told me things like a name, her age, a school, something, you know, things about her that you would introduce someone who doesn't know someone else, and you'd say, oh, come into this relationship. Um, they were welcoming me into their connection. And as they took a seat across from me, I'm not a stalker, I don't usually like be nosy on conversations, I was just quite captivated by their connection and then um, they were chatting away and they looked so relaxed and uh, their the, the tones and they were smiling and it just felt like they were having this constant continual conversation that had started years ago, um, you know maybe when she was tiny and they're playing with dolls and you know as her comprehension's growing all these different things it just felt they were dipping in and out of this conversation um, and now in front of me in the coffee shop is this elegant teenager you know she's able to hold a conversation with me um, she's able to plan prepare organize not that all teenagers do that all of the time <laughs> um, but on this special organized set, set aside time with this loved and trusted person, um, different from the everyday humdrum, she was uh, having this nice time. And, you know, for you parents, for those who have sent your kids to sevens to nines this year, thank you. Um, and like a shout out to sevens to nines, because our sevens to nines are brilliant. Um, so for those of you that don't know, sevens to nines is for children who are in uh, senior school, like the first three years, and like on an alternate Sundays during term time, so there's not any till September, uh, we take them out of the service and we cover different themes. Um, so uh, a slide comes up saying, go out now. So it's not that those young people do not want to listen to the preach, it's just that they've got something else provided for them. Um, and if you've got children who are going to be in year seven in September, please do send them, because I would love to get to know them. Um, and part of the reason why I do sevens to nines is um, relationships, because I know that relationships make the difference. You know, relationship with God, which is what we're encouraging our sevens to nines, relationships with themselves, getting to know each other, being part of culture and family, and then also like their um, relationship with themselves. So some of the topics that we've planned are things that should help them in their development and their growth. Um, David. Uh, had countless encounters with God. You know, in, in Psalms 23, and it says, the Lord is my shepherd, that's like a close encounter. He leads me. He makes me lie down. You know, he guides me. These are directions from the shepherd. You know, David had to be in close proximity to receive that instruction. Love is communicated, sometimes with words, but sometimes with actions. Um, when that teenage young lady that was in the coffee shop, when she was like two years old, she probably wouldn't have said, oh, granddad, I've written you a sonnet at two, um, and I've got the family name tattooed on my arm. Um, 
But what she probably would have done is she would have extended her arms when he walked in the room and went, Granddad, Grandpa, um, you know, or been like excited, like run excitedly to him, like raising her hand saying, Hold me close, please. And then, um, you know, I feel that's what worship is. You know, when we come in this Sunday morning, you're already here. <laughs> so, like, you've got this time, it's set aside special time with God to really be in his presence and be like, God, I want what you've got for me this morning. Um, You know, praying is talking to God. It's having that communication. You know, and I want to encourage you, whatever, wherever you are in your discipleship journey, if you feel like you're a two-year-old and you're just like praying, learning how to pray, like God just wants to hear you. So it doesn't matter if someone next to you can do a beautiful monologue and use scripture. Like God just, God as a good parent just wants to encourage you to be with him um, the bible says that we must worship in spirit and in truth so that makes that leads me to the conclusion that actually there's a way that we can worship that isn't in spirit and isn't in truth so we're going to go to 2 timothy 3 and we're going to read from uh, verse 1 so it says but mark this There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power, have nothing to do with such people." They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janes and Jambes opposed Moses, so also these teachers oppose the truth. They are men of depraved minds who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. But they will not get far because, as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone." You, however, in verse 10, it says, know all about my teaching, my way, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's one of the ones that you just kind of squirm at, but that's what it says. So let's go across to Exodus 34, 14 to 15. And it says, Do not worship any other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. And for anyone who wants to quickly look in your Bible, I'll read it again because it really does say that. That is Exodus 34, 14 to 15. So we're going to take a little interlude now. We're going to play a little game. There are no prizes except knowledge and growth. Yay! Uh, So we're going to play a little game. It's called Love or Not Love. So uh, we used to have an app in our family and it was called Bible or Not and it had quotes and some were from the Bible and some were not and you had to guess. So the Lord helps those who help themselves and stuff like that. Uh, So I'm going to describe... uh, a scene, a picture, and then you have to shout out whether it's love or not. Yeah? So, have we got, a, we've got our first picture? Photo? 
I could do that. What is love? <laughs> uh, if we've not got it, I can just describe the photos. I don't really want to sing the next line of that song because it's not nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what then. While we're waiting for that and whether we use that, I want you to just... If you don't mind, I'm going to ask you to do something. I want you to just turn to the person next to you and uh, tell them this week. So I'll tell you what. Person on the left, you tell the person on the right one thing this week that made you feel loved. Sorry to stop you. Sorry. Quick, quick, quick. Tell the end bit really quick. Okay, I'm going to stop you there. Uh, Please carry these conversations on in the coffee shop. uh, or, or, Or if you want to meet for a meal this week, carry that conversation on. Right, our photos are here. Thank you. Right, so this one. Is this love or not love? Just looking at it. So we've got some not loves and some loves. This is actually love. So uh, a friend knew that, good on you, good on you, <laughs> competitive ones in the house. Um, so a friend knew that, the, that they were going to have to do a really massive long journey soon. So one friend sent a voucher to another friend to say, love you to bits and sorry that your journey is so long. That is love. Next, please. Wish I had like a little drum roll, but... No, it's all right, Johnny, you'll be right. We've got our next one. What about this one? Love or not love? This is love. So on a Thursday night, the worship team, if you're on, uh, so like this Thursday night, these guys that are on today had come down and I took this one Thursday night because I saw our sound man was at the back and can I just give a shout out to our sound men because they are amazing. And uh, <laughs> I, when I've been other places and the sound is awful, it is so distracting. And I, if I'm honest, I have actually walked out of a worship service somewhere because I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't worship. And I know I was really trying. Yeah, it's really painful on a few counts. Uh, but yeah, so this is, so the worship team come and we practice. And like Lee often says, like the reason why we, why we do stuff, why we practice is because we want to remove any distraction so that when you come in on a Sunday morning as church, you can just worship because we've like loved on you by practicing and preparing. So that is love. Next, please. I'll race through these. Love or not love? Sorry, I've given you a tip there. Uh, Can I have a big shout? Love or not love? Oh, yes, it is love. So this is love because Craig told me that... uh, 
pulses and stuff are really good for you and that we should have more in our diet. So I went and I tried to get all the good ingredients that I could find in the whole world and I took a photo of it to say, this is what the ingredients are because I didn't know what it was going to look like <laughs> uh, when it came out. So this is actually love. Next. Yes, exactly right. This is love. So this is... Um, uh, a life group of teenage girls, well, teenage and younger than teenage, uh, did race for, did Pretty Muddy to like show love and raise money for people that are part of their world who had uh, passed away for cancer. And eight girls and three leaders, two of the leaders and another parent, raised £600 one Saturday morning. That is love. <laughs> Which would actually be £750 for gift aid. <laughs> uh, next. Or is that the last? I think there's one more. Oh, oh, love or not love. No, you need to answer wisely. Exactly. Uh, so this is, you can see that I've actually got my jacket on underneath this cardigan because I was absolutely freezing this day. Um, and because I've known that I'm going to be speaking about uh, love and loving God and, how, and, and what love looks like. Uh, my friend Caroline was with me and I was like freezing in my jacket and then because we get on really well I just said oh can I have your cardigan and she gave it me <laughs> and, when I, and I said oh I'm just going to take a photo because I feel like this is what love looks like it's sometimes giving up something that you've got for someone else who's a little bit more in need right next and then this is that oh no there's two more this love or not love Love, you're right, dear. Love. Someone knew that our family loved uh, chai latte, so they bought it and set it aside for us. Super love, love, super love. Next one. But make sure you can see. You are right. It is love. So this was a um, a curry night uh, where um, someone was speaking. So. For if your friend's speaking, you gotta go. Um, but then also, it's like a great opportunity for connection and getting to know people. Like this, this is love because actually, on a Monday night, I would rather be at home. But <laughs> committing to one another and doing things with the people that we love is a big deal. Right. Okay, love, not love, is finished. No more photos. They are all love. <laughs> our uni students who have just come back from uni like your parents sticking all their stuff in your car in their cars trying to get it all in one car and then in a few months time having to take you back yeah. that is love yeah. you uni students yeah. you need to know that right Matthew 22 36 to 40 it says uh, and we're going to have a specific focus on verse 37 teacher what, which is the greatest commandment in the law Jesus replied Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So if our Jesus is saying that the greatest commandment is this, that we, like, we, we totally need to listen. If we briefly go back to that passage in 2 Timothy 3, it's speaking of a culture in the last days where people will be lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. Um, this verse speaks of a culture that we don't want to adopt here at the bridge. We don't want to be without love and without self-control. You know, 
So we're going to have a look at this next passage. And if I said that this next passage was gonna, is one that is often at weddings, I want you to all shout out after two what passage you think it is. One, two. Yes! Yes, you got it! It is 1 Corinthians 13. So we're going to have a quick look at that. And we're actually going to look uh, from verse 4, where it says, Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Um, And then if you jump down to verse 13, it says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is... Oh, oh, wow, you sound like a choir. Oh, that's a lovely. So there we go again. Love is a big deal. So we're going to have a look at Galatians 5, verse 6. And this says... For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through... (laughs) And then further down in that same chapter, Galatians uh, 5, verse 22 to 26, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is joy, peace, forbearance. So I checked what forbearance was because I didn't really know. And it's kind of um, like patience is in the same area Uh, kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires since we live by the spirit let us keep in step with the spirit let us not become conceited provoking and envying each other so today we've heard the scriptures 2 Timothy 3 1 to 11 Galatians 5 we've looked at, 1 Corinthians 13. Um, Let's link all these passages uh, kind of in a table that we can easily display in relation to not love God and how to love God. So we've got two columns. Um, So our first column of not love God, which we put in 2 Timothy 3, 3 to 5, verses 3 to 5. So if you're without love, you are not loving God. If you're unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal. If you're not loving the good. If you're treacherous, rash, conceited, a lover of pleasure rather than a lover of God. If you have a form of godliness but deny its power. That's on the not love God side. Um, and then Galatians 5.26 where it says um, you, you become conceited and you're provoking and you're envying each other. That is the not love side and we don't want that side. Whereas on the other love side, I should have found a way of putting Love Island in this, shouldn't I? Because it's the word love. But um, if anyone's got an idea how I can do that before the second service, please tell me and I will, I will weave it in. So on the love God side, we've got uh, 2 Timothy 3 verses 10 to 11. And it says, know about my teaching. So if we know God's word, if we know his way, so then it says my way, if we know the life of God, the purposes of God, and we have faith and we're patient, if we love and we are enduring, if we suffer persecutions and sufferings, I know. When I think of that, I think of how, you know, David, when um, he's in the cave of Adullam and uh, like, he's, he's there because Saul's upset because the handmaidens have gone, ooh, 
and Saul, you're really good, but you know, you've killed your thousands, but David's killed his tens of thousands, which is so not David's fault. But like, we just have to walk through persecution, but like, hold up and say, God, please help me through this season. Uh, yeah, sorry, get back on track. So Galatians, and then on the how we love God, Galatians 5, to 25, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, we're kind, so kindness, we're good, we're faithful, we're gentle, we have self-control, because against such things there is no law, and then we decide that we belong to Christ, and we let what he has crucified, like his flesh, we let that be like our driving force, and go, do you know what, if Jesus can do it, then I can trust him, and I can ask him to help, that I could um, crucify the passions and desires in my flesh. And then we want to live by the Spirit, listen to God. You know, David was always saying he, he, he obeyed God, and that's what we should do to keep in step with the Spirit. And then, last section, from 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7, we need to be patient, because it said love is patient, so loving God, we need to be patient, we need to be kind, we, do, we need to not envy, to not boast, to not be proud, to not dishonour others, to not just be self-seeking. We need to not be easily angered. I've got work in that area. Um, and uh, <laughs> we need to delight in good things, not in evil. We need to try as a community to always protect one another, to always trust, to always hope and to always persevere. So how do we love? I want to read 1 Peter 2 verses 1 to 5 to answer this question. So I'm going to say, this is how we love. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babes, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. How do we love? Verse 4 says, as you come to him, the living stone, Rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built in a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. This morning, as we end, we had a fan who brilliantly was reflecting on David's life on this kneeler. And you'll notice that there is an empty kneeler here. Um, And... You know, I want us to treat this space here at the front of church like this empty kneeler. You know, who, who in the house this morning feels like, actually, do you know what? I could come there because if we look at the list of not loving God, there's lots of stuff that's there. You know, um, a really big, I really want us to come earnestly so you can respond in your seat or you can respond at the front. Um, because if you want to come and come for like, prayer support as you come out then that is brilliant if you just want to be you and God because remember what I was saying about it's about relationship with God and not onlookers because we can't always tell if something is love or not so this time is between you and God so the band are gonna um play some music I think can you play some music um and we're I'm just gonna open this space uh, and if you want to respond in this space, you are so welcome to respond. And if you actually, you know, if you're like, do you know what, I don't need a kneeler because I can do it in my heart with God, then, then, then you do it in your space with God. But let's be a church that love God. Thank you, church.